Welcome to Pop Shield. I'm Dan, and we got another special flashback episode for you. In light of the news of Taylor Swift wanting to re-record her old albums, we got an email from a listener named Luke asking how he felt about Car Seat Headrest's album Twin Fantasy and its being re-recorded. Uh, we actually talked about that on our old podcast, Metaphoric Music, so we thought we'd go ahead and bring you that now. And as always, if you've got a question, comment, any of that, you can email us popshieldpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, here's our review of Car Seat Headrest Twin Fantasy. First proper review this week, Car Seat Headrest Twin Fantasy. Just to remind you, on Pitchwork Reviews things, they review them on a 0 to 10 scale, somewhere around 8.2 or 8.3. They give it a BNM if it's a new release or BNR if it's a reissue of an old album, anthology, greatest hits, something like that. So, Darren, take it away. Right, Car Seat Headrest with Twin Fantasy, which was released by Matador, and on Friday got an 8.6 BNM and a review by Mark Richardson. Before 2016's Teens of Denial made Car Seat Headrest an indie household name, singer-songwriter Will Toledo earned an obsessive cult following with nine self-recorded band camp LPs and one compilation of re-recorded highlights after signing to Matador. More than any other of these uh, independent releases, 2011's Twin Fantasy established Toledo as one of the most exciting voices in underground music and was quickly declared a masterpiece on forums like 4chan's Mew and Reddit. Recorded with a laptop microphone when he was just 19, Twin Fantasy is an absurdly ambitious concept album detailing the narrator's infatuation with another young man based at least in part on Toledo's first love. Toledo never considered the album finished and felt that the lo-fi limitations prevented him from achieving his original vision. So with access to a proper recording studio and a full band, he has re-recorded the entire album and added almost 12 minutes of additional material. Pitchfork praises the new recording for more successfully showcasing Toledo's wit, cynicism, and an eye for detail that captures teenage desire and heartache, and fans seem to agree. The new twin twin fantasy, subtitled Face to Face, to avoid confusion with the original, which is now subtitled Mirror to Mirror, is currently the highest rated album of the year on RateYourMusic.com. What is your previous opinion on Car Seat Headrest, and have you checked out the original twin fantasy? I had only heard uh the record we reviewed uh teens in denial and i remember not liking that i don't remember what i gave it but i'm sure it was very mean um i had never listened to the original of uh twin fantasy but i did um in in checking out the new one for the podcast um i'll save my opinions <laughs> well uh i yeah you know that we we reviewed that teens of denial I, I definitely liked it. I think I like quite enthusiastically liked it. I can't remember if it like ended up on my end of the year list, but it's kind of thing that I think um, I've like sort of warmed to. It's something that I've actually listened to since it came out. Um, you know, on several occasions, thrown it on, and um, I think I like it more even than I, I did at first. I think it's um, a really exciting record. I was really excited about this one, although you know, I guess we'll discuss our how we feel about this whole re-recording business, but. Um, yeah, this week I checked out for the first time this original Twin Fantasy. I, I know that I've seen like the the album art posted on Mew, you know, over and over again over the years. But um, you know, it, we'll talk about it. But it is like it is more lo-fi than I think I can, you know, get into, <laughs> honestly. But um, what about you, Darren? Yep. So I absolutely adore car seat headrests. I was over. I was like. Uh, obsessed for a short little while uh, when that record came out and pretty mm. much the entire year spent listening to that. It didn't make my number one, but it was definitely very close. It may have been like number two or three, but uh, mm. um, in after all of that, you know uh, I did try to check out some of the band ca- camp records. I actually downloaded twin fantasy 
um, uh. back in that time. But I just, yeah, I mean, just couldn't get into it because obviously it was like, you know, wildly different, uh, you know, production wise to uh, Teens of Denial. And it was just, it, 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 I don't know. We'll talk about it, obviously, when we get into the uh, to the record itself. Um, how would you guys describe uh, this new version of Twin Fantasy? Well, so I guess we should try to talk a little more specifically about that um, first version. Even though I didn't spend a lot of time with it, it was almost unbearably lo-fi. But, you know, it's got all of the qualities of like a, you know, special kind of cult record, right? So it's like really lo-fi, but it's somebody just brimming with ambitions and absolutely doing, you know, maxing out what you can accomplish with laptop, you know, laptop microphone, basically. Um, Stuff is like layered like crazy it acquires a shoegaze sound even though i don't even think that's what he was going for it's just like the quality is so fucking bad that it just <laughs> ends up being that way um you know but it's got like these really intimate like personal lyrics they're kind of pretentious but in like a charming way and you know it's it's just like that one of these like you know bedroom what what many people would call a bedroom masterpiece but for me i just feel like maybe i kind of missed it and so with this record you know from what i can tell it's like basically the same record a few minor changes that maybe we'll talk about but you know, the same record, but just done, not over polished, but, you know, keeping that kind of like raw edge. And sometimes I think there's sort of like tributes to the lo-fi, you know, original in that mm-hmm. sometimes the drums are booming and distorting a little bit, you know, and, you know, it's got a nice like hard edge to it, but you can finally hear everything that's going on. And it's, you know, it's got to be a revelation for fans of this record because there's a lot of layering of sound on this record much i mean teens in denial is basically like you know kind of an indie rock record this has like enormous just walls of sound you know what i mean yeah um you know when it comes to the sound of the original version it was uh much much more lo-fi than i i thought it was going to be i mean like (laughs) like you guys both said you know i was expecting something like you know, early Elliot Smith there. So, you know, things people right. call lo-fi, but you can still understand what's going <laughs> right. on. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize it was like literally just recorded with the, uh, you know, microphone on a laptop. Um, right. It was a bit, you know, that made it difficult to listen to because, you know, like you said, it did kind of become like a shoegaze thing just because you couldn't understand <laughs> anything that was going on. But the new one, you know, I, I was worried when I... When I first heard about the whole, like, they're just re-recording this record, I wasn't aware of how ridiculously lo-fi the original. And I thought, that sounds like a fucking stupid idea. I I can see why he did it now. And it was kind of... I I I almost kind of wish I listened to the original version first, um, because I didn't. Right. Um, Because it would have... You probably can never go back if you start with this one. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I feel like if I'd listened to the other one first, it would have been, like, such a revelation to hear this. It would have been, like, hearing a record, you know, through a window and being like, man, that record kind of sounds good, and then listening to it, and then getting to actually hear the record. Yeah, this one, you know, Teens of Denial, I I remember not liking it because, you know, I just... I pretty much always hate just your regular indie rock. I I feel it's unnecessary in, in today's you know era it's done uh this this was like more than that you know with all the layering and just the uh, ambition of like 16 minute songs and 13 minute songs and i i just felt it was uh it was quite a bit different from your your standard indie rock what would you add darren yeah um so i guess you know pitchfork sort of mentions this there's not really like a precedence for this type of uh, yeah. approach and 
you know, I, I got to thinking a little bit and it kind of reminds me of what, you know, the video game industry has started to do where they will, you know, uh, developers will take a game that came out on like the Super Nintendo and completely reimagine it with, you know, the latest graphics and stuff, but still try to stay true to yeah. that original formula. You know what I mean? Um, but obviously make it better for a modern, wider audience. And I think that's kind of what um, Will Toledo tries to achieve here, because like you mentioned, Gabe, even though he has complete access to you know everything he needs to create a very fully polished record, he definitely you know harkens back to that lo-fi sound with like distorting a guitar you know grainy uh little audio clips and things like that to just yeah i I don't know it just it still feels very much like what i think he originally envisioned um in listening to the original album you're right i mean it does kind of have everything kind of set up for what would be like a cult hit you know it actually kind of reminded me of the very very first time i listened to neutral milk hotel where i was like kind of like put off yeah. by, you know, Jeff. Mangan's Are the voice. drums supposed like, to sound like yeah. that? I was like, what is, what is this? I can't believe people like this. You know, just, it was really, yeah. it was crazy at that point. And then, so I can see where this, this album in its original form would uh, kind of take on that cult following. Um, but, you know, just an impression of this album versus the previous one. I love the previous one a lot. You know, I felt like the songs, the melodies, he, he was just, we talked about this, Gabe. He, he was, like, throwing everything at the wall. You just see, yeah, like, a, a yeah. person just brimming with ideas. We Endlessly both, inspired. Yeah, and you just... I felt inspired, you know, like, just being yeah. somebody who has dabbled with songwriting. Like, it just... He was, like, almost like a hero. Like, he would have been a hero <laughs> when we were younger. You know what I mean? Like, he would have been right, the guy right. that we would have aspired to be, I think. And he seems, like, so in control of that, of knowing that almost, you know? Um, just kind of knowing what to write about and the kind of music that like it, I imagine he's the kind of person, and I don't know if this is true or not, but he seems like the kind of person who writes music that he would enjoy. You know what I mean? Like as a fan yeah. of music, like he just, seems are you like talking about fan. this album as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this in general, Will Toledo, but he does it really well again on this album here. I know it's like an album from the past, but he, See, he, I, I kind of feel like it's, it's a hard thing to talk about because yeah, yeah. if I, if this just came out, I would say he's um, you know taken a few steps back in songwriting ability. As it turns out, he in real life has taken many steps forward in songwriting ability, and we're hearing songs written a long time ago. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. the songs are not as sharp as they were on the previous album, which Correct. was like brimming not just with ideas but hooks. Now this has all the ideas without, I think, like the same sense of songcraft and the songs all feel like monolithically huge. It's like they, they change a lot, but they kind of also don't change a lot. Like they'll be really long and it's kind of just like two or three components, except for he's constantly adding new instruments and things like layering new sounds. And so it makes it sound like we've traveled really far, like in the 13 minutes on that, you know, second track or whatever, like we've traveled so far, but it was really kind of a simple song that he just like kept layering and layering and layering. And like, you know, certain songs just, you know, it took me like forever to be able to tell these songs apart. And some of them, I'm sure I'm confusing. Like, you see what I'm saying? There's something like, not as hooky and more yeah, like just I, impenetrable. Like, right. And I mean, the first time I listened to Teens of Denial, like the first song got me. Like it yes. was just, wow, that's great. And that did not happen on this album. And in fact, <laughs> no. it took it took several listens for me to actually start to enjoy it. Because I, I really me did. Too. I was like, I'm, I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. 
See, you, you know? guys are describing why I like this record and and <laughs> and don't like Teens of Denial. I thought Teens of Denial, you know, I always bitch about like it sucks when someone's just like too good at like playing an instrument or too polished and stuff. I like that this one is like he's not the, as great at writing a song because they're you know the older okay. songs. The the little bit of rawness I like that you know that beach life and death is just like yeah I, I love like the monolithic type type songs and uh, you know I love repeating thing you know it's that whole minimalism thing just I I. Uh, I don't know. I, I all the negatives you guys just said are are exactly my positives <laughs> on this record. I can understand that. I can totally understand that. And it's kind of like the Ice Age song we were talking about earlier, which is like it sort of makes up for um you know, kind of like a a lack of um variation with just pure passion and intensity. Mm-hmm. And that's like oozing out of this record, you know? I mean like these you know, these songs are all they have like sort of an anthemic quality. Like I, I would, after a while, as I started to get into it, you know, I catch myself like singing along to mm-hmm. different parts all the time because they just sound like, you know, huge. And they just sound like, I don't know, they like just sort of on an emotional level, it like reels you in to this world. And it's, you know, the, the lyrics are surprisingly not that cringy for being written when he was 19. I do kind of miss, like, the, um, you know, he, he seems more humorous on the last album, you know, Teens of Denial. This has, like, a lot of, like, you know, it's a little bit of that, but a lot of, like, the seriousness, you know? Like, I think back about Teens of Denial, you know, the first song you just mentioned. You know, it's like, you have no right to be depressed. You haven't tried hard enough to like it. It's like a funny, you know, like a funny way to talk about that feeling. You know what I mean? Um, this is, a, uh, I think, a lot more straight-faced. And, you know, so this is all to say that I feel like he's grown a lot. And it's interesting to look back at where he came from and still is really, really great. But um, I feel like he's gotten better. Are you kind of a, of that opinion, Darren, or did you warm to this? Um, so, yeah, I, I actually really warmed up to this record. Uh, ended up, like, really, really digging it. You know, it, it obviously took a while to sort of get through these, this 13 minute track and then the 16 minute track and try to like (laughs) make sense of it. You know, it, it actually helped, you know, going through Pitchfork's review and trying to understand their understanding of the loose narrative, which there's not really like a connecting narrative, but the fact that, you know, spelling out the lyrics and seeing that he's like a narrator, a narrator sort of just addressing one other character, kind yeah. of helped um bring it bring it together for me but i mean those hooks that i think he spread out a little more evenly on teens of denial are there i mean they are definitely there in some of the okay. like great moments of uh you know beach life and death i think is good you know i absolutely love stop smoking we love you it, it kind of makes me want a will toledo acoustic album you know what i mean yeah um, sure. he's just he's just got a great voice for that kind of thing uh you know, nervous young inhumans, uh, cute thing. I just fantastic songs. Um, I, I get what you're saying, Gabe, and it's it's so weird to talk about this because it's like he's he technically is not the songwriter he is today right. yet on right. this new album. But right, right. Um, I, I think that he probably you know he he obviously was showing a lot of promise at the age of 19, and I, I'm glad. I'm really glad that he had a chance to to get a sure you know, it's an opportunity to like reimagine this or, you know, make it to what he really wanted it to be. And I think that his songwriting is incredibly, um, strong. 
it is definitely well go ahead go ahead I mean, I, you know, so I would say something like, all right, this track, Famous Prophets, stars, okay, the 16-minute track. A lot of yeah. people are, like, absolutely flipping out about this song. Like, it's, you know, they're calling it, like, the best indie song of the decade and all this stuff, right? Um, it's grand. It's huge. And, in fact, it was sort of, like, unfinished on the previous um, release of this record. And he added, like, about six minutes to it, which is sort of, I don't know the whole fucking history, but he, like, on Bandcamp at one point, he released, like, a bunch of demos. And so there was, like, this unfinished, like, outro that he was going to put on this, but ended up not. But then he ended up doing it for this one. And I just feel like he's pieced it together in a really perfect way here. And it's, like, a little hint of the songwriter he is now, you know, because the song wasn't actually complete before. And he's, like taken it to the next level with his current abilities and i think it's by far the best track here because instead of having this like monolithic thing it like you know builds crescendos like settles back down has like a nice piano moment like slowly builds it like crescendos again with this crazy like his voice is like you know like vocodered for a second or something it's like fucking wild crescendo it reminds me a lot of like um it's all gonna break by Broken Social Scene, yeah, and yeah. just glorious. And you know, I, so I feel like you know, it's just to say that yeah, the little hints are there, but like especially there, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say like I'm excited for what he's gonna do next because this may, <laughs> might not be any indication of it. But it's really cool that he's able to make a 16 minute song like that work. Do you have like a favorite, Dan? Uh, I liked that song a lot, um, but I think I think Beach Life and Death was uh, was probably my favorite. It yeah. just. I you know I I like the the repetitiveness and I I there's just parts of that song kind of got stuck in my head and whatnot. Um, I that that was the high point for me. Yeah, I mean to me it's like I wonder. Oh yeah, I want to bring this up. Um, you know if the last album you know was like reminded me of like Built to Spills, there's nothing wrong with love, right? Um, this one reminds me more of like Perfect from Now On, right? Which is mm, these yeah, bigger, grander really songs good. and stuff. Yeah, that's actually really which is good. so weird. Because that was built to spill, like, moving forward, and this is, you know, it's such a weird thing to talk about. So, it sounds like we all kind of came around to, this was a good thing to re-record. Not just a cash grab, like some people started to say when it was first announced. Yeah, I mean, when it was first announced, I thought that was really, really stupid, you know, just looking back like that. But, you know, like I said, I I hadn't heard how lo-fi the original was. And I think, and I I can really see, like... I, you know, he. I had heard that he said, like, you know, he felt like he'd never finished that, and that sound it sounded like bullshit until I heard it, and like, you know, I think, I think it's true. You know, you can definitely tell he had limitations uh, on the original yeah. version, and I, I think, I think it was worth, uh, I think it was worth revisiting, um, in in an okay, you know, not not a cash grab or anything. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I just feel like the scope of the record kind of proves that, you know, he was right. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, yeah. Because in, yeah. in some cases, I feel like he's bolder and in, in pushing further than he did on Teens of Denial. You know what I mean? That 16-minute yeah. track, in fact, kind of represents that to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think so. I think it was... I'm glad that he did this. And um, even though I think maybe I like the previous album more, um, you know, I think this will be sort of like some generations classic or something you know everybody mm-hmm. says that like will toledo is going to save indie rock or something and um this record will make you believe it you know mm-hmm. okay so um we got that 8.6 bnm thank god 
We got a B&M. <laughs> All we had was fucking cupcake so far this year. And then like a month and a half in, we finally get this and it's enjoyable. And I'm just so thankful. Maybe I don't even like this record that much. I'm just so happy to have a nice new record to listen well, so to. So far, but... we have our number one and number two of our... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That's right. Cupcake and then this. Um, all right, what do you guys think about that score in the BNM? I would lower it just slightly, just a little bit. Uh, I put eight point three. Still think it needs the BNM, but it, does it need a BNM or is it a BNR? Being the being like the re-record. <laughs> oh. You know, yeah. I'm sort of joking, but it's sort of a serious question. Um, I kind of think it's more of a BNR type situation. You know, this isn't really a 2018 record. It's kind of a. Mm. Well, we we didn't get into a lot of these specific details, but it's kind of um you know it, it's kind of cool. Pitchfork's review is really good on this, where he's the kind of artist who likes to like you know allude to earlier things he's done and stuff a lot. Yeah. You know? So he's got like an album, Teens of Style, one called Teens of Denial. You know, he's like referencing that Cars song and you know different things like intentionally. He on this album, you know, he brings up like previous motifs in later songs and it all kind of like you know comes together. But it's cool to like sort of recontextualize some of these lines and stuff and. You know, they kind of make the argument that he's, um, you know, he's, he's, it's just another thing. It's such a will to lead a thing to do is to like revisit something, revamp it, improve it. You know, he, he changes a few things here that like sort of recontextualize. They make like he changes monologues from the first one into being more like from his current perspective, looking back at his previous self and all this stuff like face to face, mirror to mirror, you know, relates in some way to like, you know, looking you know, back at yourself versus being right there, you know, stuff like, so I'm willing to accept the B&M. What do you think, Darren? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think this is totally uh, worthy of the B&M thing. Um, like I, like I mentioned, I, I, I think that he, the scope of the record kind of warrants not just revisiting, but just finishing, um, the grand idea. Yeah. Anyway, um, I am going to bump this up a little bit. It's climbing for me. It's at an 8.8 .8 right now. Probably will stay there, but I, I definitely see this being an album I'm going to be listening to the rest of the year for sure. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere like around where Dan's at, which is like 8.3, 8.4, something like that. Um, definitely love the BNM um, or BN, not BNR, whatever you want to give it. Um, you should listen to it. And I could see it climbing a, a bit, you know, but, um, you know, wherever the fuck this, this dude goes, I'm, I'm just really excited that he's, you know, making music. Um, oh, yeah. Excited to check out where he goes next. All right, thanks very much for listening. We'll have a brand new episode for you next week. We're going to be looking at Burials Untrue. So thanks again to Luke for that email, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. PopShieldPod at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.